0: I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited about what the Lord is getting ready to do. If you turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Luke, chapter 8, Luke chapter 8, we're going to read verses 22 through 25. While you're turning there, just want to give honor to your pastor, my friend, Pastor Robinson. Love him and his family. And uh, Calvary's loss was your gain. And by Calvary, I'm talking about our home church back in Columbus, Ohio is your gain, and uh, I'm so thankful to see what God is doing in His ministry and in your city. Boy, that, that video moved me today. That video moved me today. I'll tell you, when you're willing to take it outside the church building, you better get ready because that's where miracles happen. That's where demonstration happens. It happens when the church moves outside the walls of the building and says, we're taking the gospel to the highways and the byways. We're going to find those that are bound, and we're going to help them be delivered. Church, you are on a road to revival that is going to blow your mind. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25, if you have it, say amen. If you're cheating and you're looking at the screen, say amen. Amen. Now, it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over onto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. The danger was real. The threat was real. The boat was filling with water. Verse 24, and they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. I have one more scripture for you today. John chapter 1 and verse 1. You can put that on the screen for me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Hallelujah. I feel great faith in the building here today. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me before you're seated? Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful to be gathered together in your presence. Lord, I pray a fresh anointing upon me this morning. Help me to preach your word with power and precision. Lord, I pray that you will loose the ministry of the word and the spirit to work in this sanctuary here today. I take authority over every stronghold. Lord, I take dominion over everything that has bound. Uh, Our minds and our hearts Uh, And I pray that you will loose the liberty of the Holy Ghost in this room today Uh, Loose the operation of the gift of faith Uh, Pour out of your spirit Uh, upon all flesh today Uh, In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name And everybody said, Amen You may be seated When I was 18 years old, I felt a call of God on my life to evangelize and to preach. I was in the upstairs classroom of the church where I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I was praying by myself uh, before service. And in this season of my life, God had really got a hold of me, Pastor. Some evangelists would say, it got a hold of me. It got a hold of me, and I was upstairs praying, and I remember I was off in a corner praying by myself, and I had my hands lifted, and I was talking to the Lord, and I felt the Lord say to me, one day, you will travel the world and preach the gospel. I opened my eyes, and there was a globe sitting there, and I just remember the presence that came into that room, and I began to weep. It was more than 10 years before I ever shared that with anybody. I graduated high school not many months after that, and a friend of mine called me and said that I could come and live with him for the summer before I went to Bible college and that I could paint houses for his dad. So I moved away and, uh, for that summer to work and save some money up for school. But over the process of that summer, something happened. I was a little disconnected. I was outside of my circle of support that I was used to. Life was busy for my friend. I didn't know very many people. And I regret to tell you that before that summer was over, I was completely backslidden. I called my mom and dad and I said, I'm not going to Bible school. I called them a day or so before enrollment. I said, I'm just going to take a year off, take some time to myself. It was almost seven years later before I stepped into an apostolic church again. I'd suffered the pains and the wounds of this world. Like you, my friend, I wanted to taste what sin had to offer And I found out that everything it had to offer was a lie. I found out that all the imagery that it put before me that lured me in at the beginning could not deliver anything satisfactory to my soul. And when I came back to the Lord, I had to go through some stuff. Any of you ever had to go through some stuff? Pastor, the stuff I had to go through was stuff I brought on myself. They were the consequences of my own mistakes. I was navigating some storms that I had sailed into willingly. But the psalmist David said, the Lord is merciful and gracious and plenteous in mercy. How many of you have ever experienced the mercy of God? Let me tell you what the mercy of God does. The mercy of God says I see my lost son in that storm. Now I didn't lead him into that storm. He sailed into that storm willingly. But I hear his cry for help. And so I'm going to send some navigation. And I'm going to begin to pull him out of that storm. I know it was his own mistakes. I know he's suffering with his own consequences. But I'm not going to let him die where he is huh? because I put my hand on him uh, a long time ago. Huh? I remember when he was eight years old uh, and I wrote my name upon his life. Huh? I remember when he was 12 years old uh, and I breathed my spirit uh, into his life. Huh? I'm not gonna let him die uh, in his storm. I've come with a word for somebody today. The enemy has condemned you and said you're going to die in your storm. Ah, let me tell you what the enemy does. Oh, hallelujah. The enemy says, God didn't bring you into this storm. You brought yourself into this storm. You know what he does? He uses a little bit of truth to condemn you right where you are so you can't move on. See, it was my choices that brought me into the storm. But he wanted me to believe that because of my bad decisions, I was condemned to remain in the storm. But God's mercy says even though I didn't bring this storm into your life to grow you or to bring you into purpose or to excel you in your calling, even though you sailed into this storm of your own accord, my mercy will pull you out. My blood will cover you. You need to hear me today. I don't care how many mistakes you've made, how many times you've fallen down, how bound up you feel, Think you are. God is the God of your storm. He's the God of your mistakes. He's the God of your turmoil. He's the God of your bondage. And He will bring you out. Oh, Come on, if you know that's true, would you just clap your hands to the Lord right now? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm. Thank you That's good you. Hallelujah. Came back to the Lord many years later. And the Lord began a restoration process in my life. ha. He didn't throw me on the front line. He kept me in the nursery. He said, I'm going to... Tend to the wounds that you came in here with. We're going to take care of the baggage that you walked in the door with. We got some stuff that's attached to your life that we're going to deal with before we put you back out on the front line. Mm -hmm. So for years, the Lord began to deal with the pain. Begin to deal with the bitterness. Begin to deal with the addictions. Begin to deal with the weights. Begin to deal with the shame. And day by day by day, I felt lighter every morning. Every morning I woke up a little bit stronger. Every morning I got out of bed with a little bit more faith. Every day I felt more victory resonating in my spirit. Hey, preacher, why are you telling us this? I'm telling you this because sometimes... The adversary likes to block your view and make you believe that you're never going to amount to anything. But I've come to tell you, it doesn't matter what your past is, God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. It doesn't matter how far into that storm you sailed, His mercy can reach you. The Bible says his arm is not short. He can reach you right where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. After years of going through a restoration process, I began to feel the call of God stir in my life again. When I came back to the house of the Lord... I didn't come with an agenda. I didn't come with a plan to be somebody or do something. I just wanted to make it to heaven. (laughs) You know sometimes that's all it needs Sometimes that's the only compass you need I know I'm going to hell if I continue this way And I know I need to turn to Jesus So I'm going to start walking this way Sometimes that motivation is all it takes To get you to change direction in your storm Mm, Hallelujah Somebody's in here today with that motivation the chaos of the season has caused you to be more alert and you realize, hey... I'm headed in the wrong direction. I wasn't planning to make a turnaround. But I can just feel that there's something going on in the atmosphere of our world right now. And I know if I keep walking this direction, it's not going to end well. So I need to turn around. You keep sailing towards Jesus. He's going to bring you out. Hallelujah. The Lord did a complete work of restoration in my life. Brother Stark, my pastor, asked me to youth pastor in Columbus, Ohio. It was funny. I called him. I said, Pastor, it had been over 10 years since that, you know, little moment in the corner. I said, Pastor, I feel called to evangelize. You know, it was like he didn't even hear what I said. I mean, I could have just said it to this wall. This wall responded the same way. He was like, "Uh uh-huh. He said, well, we need a youth pastor. I don't know if you've ever youth pastored before. It's not glamorous. It'll cause you to have empathy for motherhood, I think. Uh Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Well, we won't go down that rabbit trail. I served in that position for 10-plus years. I thought it would never end. <sighs> huh. Matter of fact, we was on year seven or eight, and we went out to eat with Bishop and Sister Stark, and I called the meeting, wouldn't you know? You know, I just, I thought I should make them aware of a couple of things. You know, I don't know if you've ever done that before. I uh, Just, if you can avoid that pitfall, I'll do so. And uh, and so I said, Bishop, I said, you know, we've been youth pastoring for a long time. I said, how, how long do you feel like we're going to do this? And he said, oh, I feel like you got a good 10 years in you, Vinny. Well, that will take the wind out of your sails right there, brother. I said, babe, I guess we're going to youth pastor for a lot longer than we thought. We will not be youths anymore. Hallelujah. But it was just a few years later where that call to evangelize began to manifest itself again. And this time, I didn't have to call a meeting. The Lord began to deal with Bishop, Pastor, and we sat down and talked about what this transition would look like. And I remember the first time I got a phone call to come and preach out of state. I was really excited. It was uh, Brother Spencer Cox's father called me and said, we want you to come to Maine in February. (laughs) I was too much of a rookie to realize I should not have been flattered. (sighs) So we bought the plane ticket, and wouldn't you know it, the night before in February in Maine, they had a snowstorm. Go figure. And so, airline texted me and said, we've canceled your ticket. And so, I called the pastor and we looked around. We got another ticket. A few hours later, they called and canceled that ticket. So, he said, tomorrow, just go to the airport and tell them you got to get there. And I said, okay, that's what I'll do. So, I just showed up at the airport and I said, I got to get to Maine. They said, well, we can fly you to Philadelphia, and we'll go from there. And I said, okay, I guess that's a step in the right direction. So we went there, and there was two flights left to Bangor, Maine. And we were right next to each other at two gates. And this flight got canceled. We were the last flight out of that airport to get to Maine. We boarded that flight on one of the smallest airplanes I've ever flown in in my life. And we were about an hour into that trip. And Pastor, turbulence hit. Now, I'm not talking about the turbulence you can experience on any flight. I'm talking about white-knuckle Turbulence. I'm talking about the color leaves your face kind of turbulence. (laughs) We've been dealing with this storm situation for over 24 hours. I was sitting next to an elderly lady who looked like she may not make it to the runway because she might die for fear. And I'll tell you, a peace came over me in the cabin of that plane because I knew it had been too long and it had been too many storms that God wasn't going to leave us in the turbulence. And I just looked at her with a smile on my face. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. I'm going to tell you just a few seconds later, that turbulence stopped. The storm didn't stop, but the turbulence stopped. And we landed without issue in Maine. And that weekend, God completely revolutionized that church. Benny, why are you telling us this? I'm telling you this because you need to realize that even though you're in the middle of a storm right now, There is something that's going to happen on the other side of your storm that is going to completely change your life. I want you to know right now that God has got his hand on you and he's going to see you through the turbulence. Whether you cause it or it's just the chaos of your environment, God's got his hand on you in the middle of your storm. Hallelujah. 2020, what a year. I believe most of us are already filling out, hopefully, our calendars for 2021, believing for a speedy end to 2020. But it didn't start that way. 2020 started with promise. 2020 started with expectations. It started with faith. It started with revival. I was in the country of Bangladesh in January, and I watched with my own eyes as over 10,000 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost in one service. Fast forward just a few weeks, the middle of March, and all of a sudden, Everything shuts down. And a storm breaks out, the likes of which we have never seen before. I've talked to every elder I can find and said, Have you ever experienced anything like this? All of them. No. Nothing. Ever. Hmm. March, April, May, June, July, August. You know what has started to happen? There's a feeling of permanency that has started to settle in. I've come today with a word for this church. I've come on assignment to challenge the permanency of your storm. I've come here today to tell you that this storm will not last. Your storm will will not last. Uh, There is a shore on the other side. uh, And friend of mine, you're going to make it. Uh, We're going to make it. Uh, The church is going to make it. Say, Vinny, how do you know that? I'll tell you how I know it. Because I've read through this book more than once. And this book tells me to everything there is a season. And no matter how that season is or how long it is, it's still a season. That means this storm has an end. And we're going to make it to the other side. The Bible says they launched forth. The launching's the exciting part. It's January, right? Every pastor loves January. It's vision casting time. We're going to triple in size next week. There's so much faith going around in January. They launched forth. Never thinking. That something would challenge their course. It's exciting talking about revival. It's exciting talking about the latter rain. It's exciting talking about end time harvest. And maybe some of us didn't realize that at some point in time there would be a storm that challenged what was going to happen. So a storm breaks out. Jesus is asleep on the boat. His disciples start fearing because the danger was real. The danger was real. They said, Somebody needs to wake him up. Evidently, God's not aware of the storm. So they go down, and Jesus, we made you some coffee. I'm sure if you're aware of what's going on uh, top deck here, but we're gonna need more than Starbucks to get us through with this storm here, Lord. <laughs> yeah, huh. he comes up. Mm. And he speaks right to the storm. And the Bible says that the storm obeyed him. But then he turned his attention on them. And he looked at them and he said, where is your faith. Where is your faith? You've walked with me, you've talked with me, you've experienced the miraculous. You've seen healing. You've seen the dead raised. You've seen me multiply five loaves and two fishes. Where is your faith? Let me tell you something, friend. Uh, the chaos that is erupted in our world, uh, and the storm that is broken out, uh, is going to mandate uh, that the disciples of God uh, have faith in themselves. What do you mean by that, Vinny? I'll tell you what I mean. Uh, I mean, he looked at his disciples uh, and said, "Don't you realize uh, you could have spoke to the storm? Uh, don't you realize uh, that my name is upon you you have authority and dominion over the waves, over the sea over the wind why don't you speak to your storm Hey, if you want to have dominion over it, you've got to speak to it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we take authority and dominion over the storms that have erupted over these precious people today. And we command the peace of Almighty God to be upon you now. Friend of mine, ah, you know, there's only one red letter sentence in that text, and it's when they launched forth. It's when Jesus said, It's when the Word said, Let us go to the other side. He said, don't you realize that when I said we're going to the other side of the lake, that's the only place we could ever end up. Don't you be afraid of any storm. Don't you be afraid of any chaos. Because my word will see you from shoreline to shoreline. It will take you through any storm that life could ever throw at. You need to hear me right now. If a storm has erupted in your life and you launch forth with faith and expectation and now it seems like there's darkness all around you and you look back to where you launched from and you can't see the shoreline and you look forward to where you're going and you can't see the shoreline. Let me congratulate you. You've reached the point of no return and His word will see you through. You are going to make it to the other side. You're going to make it. The adversary is a liar. You're going to make it. The church is going to make it. We will have revival in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, See, any time you fully commit to something and eliminate all your backup plans, you burn your ships, no escape routes, just full steam ahead, you can expect chaos to challenge your course. When you put all you got in the boat and you launch forward, you can expect a storm. See, that's when families are shaken. That's when the money fails. It's when the resources dry up. It's when the murmuring starts. It's when the quitters quit and the whiners whine. It's when sin is exposed. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Let me tell you something, friend. Don't you be deterred by the chaos in the atmosphere. The Bible says that the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. He can't touch you. All he can do is cause a little chaos in the atmosphere of your life. But when, it, but when that chaos erupts you need to remember I'm a blood bought sanctified Jesus name baptized Holy Ghost filled believer I'm a son and daughter of Christ and I have authority over the stock. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Some of you let the word go to sleep in your life. You launch forth with a promise. You launch forth with a vision, with an expectation. And you let the adversary snatch it away and say, all you can expect from here on out is chaos. Chaos. All you can expect from here on out is a daily battle with the things that you're trying to put behind you. All you can expect from here on out is pushback from your family. All you can expect from here on out is for me to continue to mess around with all of your resources and all of your finances. Listen, friend, the enemy wants to convince you that you are better off on that shoreline that you left. But this preacher came to tell you today that God's got miracles and revival and demonstration on the other side. Of the storm uh, for the church. Uh, so just keep on sailing. Uh, keep on going forward. Uh, keep on moving forward. Uh, let us go uh, to the other side. Ha ha. 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 You've got to wake up the Word in your life. Back in the days when kids went to school, I don't know if you remember those days, but my kids used to go to school. And back then, we had to get them up in the morning and and I don't know about your kids, but my kids don't really like to get up in the morning. And uh, so I come out and I spend some time with Jesus first, see, because I gotta fill the tank first before I, before I deal with the kids, right? And yeah, yeah hallelujah. And so my wife comes out, and she prays with me, and uh, she says, "Why don't you go turn the lights on in the kids' room and just..." See if they're stirring. <laughs> hmm. Some of you have been sitting in the dark so long. You need to turn the light on. And you need to stir up the gift that's inside of you. Some of you have been on a steady diet of fear for too long. You've been listening to everything and everyone else around you. And you're starting to believe the permanency. And you're starting to forget the promise. You need to pick up the word and let it bring life back into your spirit. Let it bring hope back into your outlook. Let it bring promise back into your life again. You need to Stir up the gift, uh, and begin to speak life uh, into that storm. Uh, Every time that storm uh, begins to rage, uh, you say, I will make it uh, to the other side. uh, Because the word said so uh, on the shoreline behind me. Uh, I'm going to make it. Uh, My family's going to make it. Uh, The church is going to make it. Uh It's funny how a storm will make you forget promise. Storm gives us all amnesia. We find ourselves looking at the weather report all the time. We can't get our focus off the reds and the greens and, and the radar. Looks like there's no end to the storm. The devil's just like the weatherman. He ain't never right. That storm's a lie. It's a mirage on the horizon of your view. And I've come to tell you today, you know when the disciples reached the other shore, they saw miracles that they had never seen before. I'm telling you right now, friend, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Get your eyes off the weather, get your eyes off the storm, and get your eyes on the Word, get your eyes on Jesus. He will see you through. I want you to stand with me this morning. uh, uh, hallelujah. The Lord wants to restore faith to His church today, to your life today. The Lord, show me the church as a ship when I was writing this message. It was being tossed around on the sea. (laughs) People were struggling on board to keep it on course. Some had jumped overboard. Others were trying to find a raft to abandon ship. But all the while, the Word was still on board. I just came to tell you today that you're going to make it to the other side of this storm. Ah, You're going to make it in your personal life. And you're going to make it as a church. If you're a guest in here today, perhaps the chaos that our world is entrenched in right now is shaking you caused you to become alert that something is happening in our world i want you to know that you're right something is happening the lord is getting our attention he's saying pay attention because i'm coming soon yalamo satanabah you need to make your calling and election sure. The Bible says that if you want to see Him, if you want to make it to the other side of glory, that you must be born of the water. That's baptism in Jesus' name. And you must be born of the Spirit. That's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Friend, I want you to know that on that golden shoreline, on the other side of this storm, there is room for everyone. It doesn't matter what kind of baggage you put in the ship, it doesn't matter what kind of scars that you bear, the damage that sin has caused, the weight of your own mistakes. We got room in the ship. And we got space for you on the other side. The only thing you've got to do is say, God, I'm going to give my life to you. I want to repent. I want to be baptized. I want to be filled with your spirit today. The Lord is speaking to people here today. He's speaking to people all over this world right now. Let me tell you something. this past week, I went to get a haircut on Tuesday or Wednesday in the neighborhood that I used to live in. I live almost 20 minutes away from that barbershop. When we moved, I found a barbershop that was two minutes away. I went and got my haircut there one time. and the next morning in prayer, the Lord said, Go back to your old barbershop and don't stop going. Randy has been cutting my hair for eight years. We've become friends, we've gone hunting together, we've gone fishing together. He's a Christian. By this world's definitions of Christian. I'm sitting in the chair on Tuesday. He said, man, i got to talk to you. I mean, just out of nowhere. He said, i got so much resentment in me. He said, I don't know what to do about it. He said, I've been clean and sober for 10 years. I've been a Christian. He said, but I just, it just feels like there's nothing happening. It feels like I just can't get over this. And I, I don't know what to do about it. I said, Randy, let me tell you something said, I know you love the Lord and He loves you. I said, but there's some things in life that require a power that we don't have. There's some addictions. There's some vices. There's some guilt. There's some condemnation. There's some stuff in life that requires a power that we can't muster. I said, Randy, what you need is the Holy Ghost. I said, Randy, the Bible says, uh, after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, uh, you shall receive power. I said, Randy, I know what resentment's all about. I know what bitterness is. I know the pain of unforgiveness. And I could have never got rid of it on my own. I never could have got rid of it with just a profession of faith or a declaration or an exclamation. I said what I needed was a power that I didn't have. I said, and Randy, God uh, wants to give you that power. Uh, I feel in this house today uh, that there are people in this room right now uh, that are wrestling with things in their life uh, that you just can't seem to get victory over. Uh, you're wrestling with things in your mind uh, that you just can't seem to climb over. Uh, I want you to know uh, that the Holy Ghost uh, will give you uh, power. darkness it will Here's what we're going to do. Give me just a minute. I was reading in the book of Exodus just a day or two ago, and I stumbled on a verse that I've read before, but I never saw what it said. The Lord said, I want you to make me an altar of earth. He said, And if you can't bring earth, I want you to make me an altar of stone. But not just any stone. I want you to make me an altar of uncut stone. When I saw it, I couldn't believe that I'd never seen it before. The Bible says that we are earth in vessels. Earth in vessels. But you know what happens? Through life... Through storms, through mistakes. You know what happens to this earth? It can get stony. It can get hard. So hard, it's hard to cultivate. So hard, it's hard to plant anything. The Lord said, I want you to make me an altar just the way you are. If you got earth, bring me earth. He said, Now hear me right now. He said, but don't bring me cut stone. He said, I don't want you to fix it before you bring it. That's my job. You bring me uncut stone. The enemy's talking to somebody right now saying you can't come to the altar because you haven't fixed your problem yet. Oh yes you can. Just bring him earth and uncut stone. Bring him earth and uncut stone and let him uh, do uh, the rest. I'm telling you church it's time to respond. Uh, These altars are open. Uh, If you want the